Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the deadly boys of What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue today. Here to talk about who is the White Rabbit. But before we dive into that, Siege, what did you make of this whole gimmick? You know what? This will, I think, invariably end up in something that I subjectively have very little time for, and it's some kind of supernatural, spooky, dark gimmick. They're not bringing in a shooter. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, a comedy gimmick with all of this, like, red herring tees and sort of, like, druggy white rabbit stuff. I will inevitably, I think, dislike the ultimate direction, which we will hopefully arrive at um, throughout this Mm -hmm. podcast. But as a gimmick, a marketing gimmick to get people talking, I think it's very shrewd. I'm not not into it. And ultimately, we're recording this podcast right now Mm -hmm. because it's a success. They are trying to do something that's quite oxymoronic. They are trying to engineer word of mouth. And I think it's working. Part of it is I don't think they actually want to buy the rights to White Rabbit, (laughs) which given the song's prevalence in things like The Matrix, I imagine they're probably looking at that and thinking, oh, we can charge out the ass. For White Rabbit. <laughs> so they're doing it um, during the commercial breaks on Raw and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they can have fan cam footage without and just play through the PA as they are want to do. It's not being broadcast. They are getting the song out there and licensing it without licensing it, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So I think that's quite shrewd. And it's getting people talking. It's not an obvious WWE Supernatural vignette, which, funnily enough, I don't like. They're usually these things where it's like a minute long, dark imagery, very quick edits, like spooky dolls and all the rest of it. Yeah. These incredibly obvious hints as to who it is, like Edge or something. You know, when he did yeah. his spooky I talked about the white, Y2J. It's code. The Undertaker. Yeah. It's The Undertaker, all that kind of stuff. Sting's chin. Sting's chin. <laughs> like in the, in the Y2J where you think, yeah. oh, it's The Undertaker. It's The Undertaker. It's, oh, it's Y2J and all this spooky nonsense. I just don't like it. But ultimately, they've created a few red herrings. They've created word of mouth. And they've engineered like a sort of a thing that 
it's genuinely been well cultivated, mm. I feel. Um, and they've succeeded on those terms. A lot of people are talking about the White Rabbit. We're recording this podcast about the White Rabbit. Again, I can sense it being lame. Mm. I can just sense it. But I think they've done a pretty shrewd yeah. job of getting the conversation out there. Yeah, just if you're unaware, over the last few days, they've been playing this this uh, uh, White Rabbit tr- tune from Jefferson Airplane, like you say, in the ad breaks or at the, the house shows and what have you. QR code gimmicks. There was a QR code, yes, that led to a a hangman game that you said feed your head, and then the question was who killed the world. And then the the first there's a rabbit that hops about, and the first few letters it spells out are demon. What were your thoughts on it, all uh, all Hamlet? Yeah, mostly the same as Sidgwick. Our tastes are fairly similar in terms of spooky and sci-fi adjacent characters, all that sort of stuff. It's very difficult for wrestling to make that work. I'm not suggesting that it almost doesn't matter if the payoff is any good, but it kind of doesn't matter if the payoff is any good because you've already achieved something from it. The fact that they've given themselves a relatively short window with which to pay off the thing they've set up is quite smart here as well, because typically the more, like there's loads of buzz as we're recording this today, you know, like a day or so removed from Monday Night Raw, there's going to be loads of buzz between now and SmackDown when we assume based on the date that you were shown that we're going to get some sort of a payoff. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a continuation, we're going to get some sort of follow-through and answer to the first questions that have been posed. Um, the conversation will tend to die out or people will theorise so much on podcasts such as these or in Reddit threads or wherever that it's almost out of steam by the time you actually get to the payoff or the payoff is so obvious or inevitable or whatever. So I even think they've nailed the timeline of this really well. There's no time to get bored. There's only time to be excited, to speculate, to get hype about what you hope is your favourite thing or to laugh and joke about some things that might be quite silly. Whatever it is, whatever the payoff is, they've at very least captured the conversation in a way that I think over the last couple of years, wrestling has started to figure out how to do, how to interact more with the growing but not entirely proven social media audience as a worthwhile engagement. You know, there was the, the Max Caster example used recently to suggest that, well, is social media real because a talent meeting that everybody spoke about on Twitter was greeted with crit- crit- crickets in the mm. AW uh, Dynamite taping and in the venue. However, that's not to dispel Twitter as an audience entirely. There's definitely a compromise. There's definitely a middle ground. We talked a lot about the CM Punk arrival last year being something bordering on a viral campaign in that they promised him without ever having to say his name. Yeah. Wrestling does need to be more sophisticated in the way that it thinks of ways to introduce characters and use other elements of the audience. The point about the licensing is a great one, and not just in that they're obviously not having to pay for it, but that it looks as though this footage is getting out there through fan engagement rather than WWE. Obviously, a licensed song plays in the crowd, the lights go dim, and people start doing the firefly thing with the phones. Of course people are going to film that and upload it to Twitter. It's a, it's a weird happening that only you in the building can see. But WWE look like they've had nothing to do with it, which is always really important with these. It, these detached vignettes and these spooky things aren't supposed to be made within the system. Because as soon as you picture Kevin Dunn or Kyle O'Reilly on Adobe Premiere making these videos, <laughs> the magic's gone. So you're supposed to think this is sort of a transgression. This is outside of the norm. So I think end-to-end, already this is a success, even if the end result ends up not being to everybody's taste. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. So let's start by ruling out some of the, the red herrings that Cedric mentioned there. I said when you go on that uh, hangman game, the rabbit hops along, and the first word it spells out, or the letters it first selects, are demon. Have you seen a return of demon Finn Balor, do you think? Well, no. Um, the Judgment Day have finally gotten over uh, as, you know, as an act that... It's a little bit of a parody still, but they've definitely found a place on Raw. Um, and there'll be another day for the Demon, even though he fell flat on his ass the last time he wrestled. <laughs> and they believe they weren't killing the character, even though they totally were. There'll be another day for the Demon, but this isn't it. But interestingly, and you know, we're going to talk about Red Herons and possibilities, that Demon character for the longest time was attached to the likes of other people we're going to talk about. So even if not directly teasing Finn Balor, it puts in mind the idea of some of the Demon's biggest matches and his biggest opponents and biggest rivals, and we're going to talk about them. So just, again, in terms of world building or creating speculation, just by being invited to think about him, you're then invited to think about other people that interacted with him who we're going to like lead into. So it does, it puts you exactly in the right headspace, even if the answer, no, it's, it's not going to be Finn Balor. But there's also, I forgot to mention, a small timer in the corner of this this Hangman game, uh, and, and you've seen it throughout the imagery, let's say, that's been used. Another suggestion, although this wouldn't necessarily be a return, I suppose, is carrying cross, obviously, for all of his time-based stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatically put, Wilborn. I suspect this is another red herring, and it's quite smart because you want the conversation to mutate and sprawl and have different people talking about different things so that the the, the mystery remains elusive. It's all sort of very good, very clever. Um, and, in fact, Karrion Cross played the role of White Rabbit very briefly as Lucha Underground was kind of, like, dying and had the contract situations and the acclaim just wasn't there. I think the novelty had worn off, but deep into its run, which was, you know, fated to die. Carrying Cross did play the white rabbit and the leader of a stable. I think um, Paul London was in there and it was all a bit druggy. And then he was like the killer guy as he often is. Um, but at the same time, this is something that if it were anything to do with carrying cross, surely this would have predated his arrival. Mm -hmm. There's no point in, giving this to someone, if it is 
really a big new gimmick or a new character or a new storyline or something to someone who's literally just debuted two weeks ago and looking at the ratings hasn't been stigmatized as this weird failure that Triple H is experimenting with for some reason. Um, I think they just would have went with this gimmick straight Mm -hmm. away. It feels like it would be a massive anti-climax if they were to develop this brand new idea. There's quite a stupid marketing campaign. Again, engineering word of mouth, which is really difficult, but they've managed it, and just giving it to someone who's been there three weeks. It just seems very odd to me, and I think a lot of the iconography played with is just yet another red herring. Uh, One name that has been suggested, before we get to the blatantly obvious one, uh, Michael Hamlet is a name suggested actually by our our very own editor, Phil Chambers. This is the return of Bad Bunny. (sighs) Well... No. You don't sigh because if you want that. He is right there. That's quite rude, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. It's probably not Bad Bunny. Um, Bad Bunny is. Well, he got a huge pop in the Royal Rumble because people remembered what a fun WrestleMania match it was, and people have come to understand that. And he's a massive star as well. A huge star. Uh, celebrities have fared better than most wrestlers in WWE over the last sort of 10, 15 years or so. I think that's fair to say. Um, it would be quite the pivot for Bad Bunny to leave his huge, like, multi-stadium global world tour to pop back to WWE, not just to be like, oh, I'm Bad Bunny, I'm back to mess around, like, I'll have a mixed tag match or whatever, to instead take on a new Derek presence that then he would have to keep kayfabe on his live shows. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it doesn't necessarily marry up, but... It's it, all building towards Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny for the world title at WrestleMania. Yeah, so they're doing the Dominic Mysterio in Bad Bunny now to get him ready for the big Logan Paul match when Logan Paul beats Roman Reigns. No, it's not Bad Bunny. It's not the Bunny. If we're doing okay. all the sort of literal interpretations of this rabbit, uh, Adam Rose's Bunny, um, which I believe was another Phil Chambers tweet. So I want to apologise for that too, Phil. Um, <laughs> your pitches are great otherwise. Uh, you know, these, and again, but this is part of the fun. Because we're saving the best to last, and theoretically the most obvious to last, and the one we can have the most fun with to last. These, oh, well, it can't possibly be them, or they're red herrings. Again, puts over the success of this, because it's it does kind of allow you to go pretty much anywhere. Those Reddit threads looking for lore, like, they live for stuff like this, because it's not just about who it is, it's about ruling out who it can't be, and you can attach lore, as proven by the guy we're about to talk to about shortly, you can attach lore out. Well, I think you said a lot when it comes to CM Punk being promised but not being promised. It was like 95%, basically, wasn't it? It was like the 5% of doubt you need. You don't want it to be like, he's definitely coming. Yeah. You need that 5% of doubt. And that's kind of what we've got here. Feed your head. Who killed the world? All this stuff kind of pointing in in one direction, Sige. Absolutely. One more note before we talk about Bray Wyatt, because that's (laughs) pretty much who we suspect it's going to be. I do like the idea of going, right, okay, we need to throw them off the scent. What other supernatural bollocks do these people like that we can just make them think about for a few minutes before they settle on the correct answer, which is probably Bray Wyatt, the demon, supernatural bollocks there. <laughs> uh, Karrion Cross did the fireball, put his supernatural bollocks, put him in there. Tick talk. I'm surprised the king of supernatural bollocks, Kane, wasn't, yeah. um, <laughs> wasn't teased as well. But no, it looks like Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray Wyatt's MO is the cult leader was the world isn't, Damaged. No, I'm not damaged. The world is. The mm. world has created people like me. I, you know, I, I can't make sense of his law or his <laughs> motives or anything else. But before the point was missed entirely, before the holograms appeared in cells, before he teleported, before he just started spouting nonsense. Mucky kitchens. Didn't yeah, like, like those, like, dirty spooky kitchen. dolls yeah. and the fact that he could tip over fridges <laughs> and all the rest of it. I think the idea... The entire crux 
of the original incarnation of the Bray Wyatt character was, I'm the product of a broken world, I'm its saviour, I'm not the bad guy, the world is... It was stuff like that, was yeah, it not? Yeah. Was it not? Yeah. So the idea of you killed the world is very consistent with what I would call Bray Wyatt's bollocks. So I think it's Bray Wyatt. Um, if you notice when he's Wyndham on Twitter... I think he's, he does like a red circle for everything. Mm. And there's red circles over this on the Raw main event. Last night, the lights went red and dark when Alexa Bliss, <laughs> who the association between Alexa Bliss and The Fiend was really gross. If people thought about it for more than 10 seconds, think about it for more than 10 seconds, it's quite unpleasant. But they, she said something about 10 feet tall, Alexa Bliss, in mm. one of her promos, and then the lights went out during Literally the Lily got match. name checked again, first time in a while. Absolutely. So I suspect it's leading towards that conclusion. I'm fascinated by this, right? Because there was the whole idea of who was at fault for Bray Wyatt's failure in WWE. Did the system fail him? Well, they failed everyone else pretty much for mm -hmm. about a century of what we've endured <laughs> so far. So yes, that's probably the correct answer. But then also there's suggestions that Bray Wyatt himself pitched these ridiculous ideas and that, you know, left to his own devices that might have even got even sillier. Um, I'm fascinated, genuinely, earnestly. I don't necessarily think it's going to be this big transformative genius chapter in a performer's rejuvenated career. I just don't. But the idea is that Bray Wyatt always had a defense. Not that he's ever gone out publicly and shot or whatever, but the mm. idea is that his defenders have always had in their back pocket, in the holster, well, Vince McMahon screwed him. He screwed everybody else. Look what Bray Wyatt could have been. And yes, there was promise in the NXT version of the character. Yes, the first three, four, five, or six Firefly Funhouse vignettes were genuinely really creative and inspired. And some of them were like real poppers. Mm. The idea of Bray Wyatt operating in a functional system genuinely, I think, is very interesting. And even though I do not like supernatural stuff, week to week to week to week to week, I'm genuinely quite interested to see how much he's actually got. I'm very cynical, but my God, the man could answer a lot of critics. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating this because you and I were huge fans of The Fiend when he first arrived. I still remember talking to you uh, no end about that SummerSlam match with Finn Balor and, and just the potential this character had. We've no doubt, as Sid alludes to there, that he has... He's got stomach. I just don't know if it works in wrestling. Yeah, so much creativity. Is that how you're feeling about what's going to come next? Yeah, oddly enough, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic because I like I was never particularly a massive fan of Bray Wyatt. There is it's not quite an and then the bell rang problem, but every gimmick he's ever had kind of dies the second he slaps on a headlock, and that's not his fault. And it's nothing to do with well, that. He pitched a supernatural invincible monster. Yeah, or and, puts maggots on the ring. <laughs> indeed, or tips a pan of bolognese on someone's face. <laughs> or, like point is, it's with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt and WWE was never going to work in the prior incarnation of WWE under Vince McMahon because what are the rules? Like you cannot go into work every day and not know what the rules are, right? And that was the problem with Bray Wyatt. There was never one set of... And like Supernatural, like everybody has always said, oh, who's going to be the next Undertaker? Who's gonna, there was never going to be a next Undertaker because he was the only Supernatural character, maybe with the arguable exception of Kane, for a bit, where the rules were completely established and you... The Undertaker wasn't just some sort of like shapeshifter magician. There was things he could do, there was things he couldn't, and that was it. And they were fairly... They stuck to that for... Well over a decade. You know, they would abuse it from time to time, but even at its most cartoon, He did die and come back to life. But again, he was kind of the established character that could do that. Yeah. So as weird as that sounds, I appreciate Yeah. Like Bray Wyatt, on the other hand, could sometimes die and sometimes come back to life, could sometimes teleport, could sometimes use magic powers, but sometimes had to cinch in that headlock extra tight. 
Like, what's the deal? Like, who are you fighting some undead magical entity or are you just fighting a guy that can half the time goo? Like, what have you got in Bray Wyatt? I think that was one of the one of the many reasons why the character never properly got over. But the one thing he always had, and we always sometimes scratched our head at this, was this unbelievable, enduring level of support from people. The type of support that, like, most wrestlers would dream of, no matter how many times he, as a performer, maybe failed in the message he was trying to get across, or how many times that character failed, if indeed it wasn't his fault. People stuck with him. People found law where there was none because they were so desperate for something to hang together. How much did all of us collectively love the Firefly Funhouse match for what a rehab job that could have been? Maybe in a, a different timeline where the, the pandemic didn't follow and whatnot. Um, you know, like Crispy Fiend was beloved by some wrestling fans. That chilled fingers? That ludicrous lobster-handed chilled fingered oddball was beloved for like what a performance by this character. You know, like Alexa Bliss with goo dripping down her face and a jack-in-the-box was the next iconic chapter of this legendary tale. Box-like structure, but okay. Sorry, yeah. To some people, was well, everything. Well, remember when she had a box-like structure on Randy Orton's cock that time? I do. It was really unsettling and weird. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Should but, not have done that. Well, you know, to be fair, it was reasonable as an act of revenge when Bray Wyatt was burnt to death on pay-per-view just four months <laughs> earlier. These were things you booked with your action figures when you were a kid. Bro, Randy Orton had a doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, this character was a mess. Like, a disaster. Hell in a Cell 2019, it's the most embarrassing WWE main event ever. Think of the ground that covers. It's the most embarrassing main event ever. Um, guy's got a toolbox on his face. Yeah, but he's an undead magical entity. Surely he can kick out of that referee. It's It just has to make sense. And Triple H, for all of his failings, for all of the, like, the reasonable criticisms of his booking style, he makes things make sense, usually. So this character might not fly as high as it would have once done if it wasn't already tainted, but I do think he will... Triple H will establish some rules and insist that they are stuck to when it comes to his character, and that, to me, is what gives it a fighting chance. Yeah. Um, regardless, I I'm not so sure if we're going to get Fiend, or we're going to get the Eater of Worlds, or we're going to get a third brand new Bray Wyatt. A rabbit. A, a rabbit Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt with rabbit ears. Or a little fluffy tail. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> it is. Maybe he can do the rear view with a fluffy tail. And the fluffy, tail's got, <laughs> fluffy tail emits toxic mist from underneath it out of his ass. But whatever it is, right? That's cheap. Whatever it is. That's so cheap. It's something that they will, like, they will enforce the, the narrative, like, rules and construction of this character. It stands a chance. They will get at least one WrestleMania run yeah. out of it. And they couldn't do that with The Fiend. Yeah. They, they were selling belts with that face on for six grand. And they couldn't even get it to a WrestleMania without damaging it. Well, uh, that is now your thoughts on the White Rabbit. Uh, the Wyatt the Rabbit. The Wyatt Rabbit. I just heard that too. And fair play for something that they created. <laughs> in all of us. Effectively on Friday. It's got me very excited for this Friday Smackdown. Let us know your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, where you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. For now, those who've been Get the Table, my thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. 
the music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.